Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. from Eden Hazard, Kai Havertz in the Champions League final, Ivanovic! In the middle, it's just behind him, but it's by Hakim Ziyech. Matic with the ball driver! It's time for another episode of At The Bridge Pod, your number one Chelsea FC podcast. Coming up on this episode... We're not pressing the crisis button on this podcast. Well, not yet. Well, hopefully never. What, what, what crisis? What Chelsea crisis? Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. I'm joined in a virtual room filled with... I've got, I've got one bloody lion and he's not AI generated this week. I've got just Chris. Berth might be joining later. Ollie, Ollie won't be, unfortunately. But um, hey, the, the weekend's in the rearview mirror. It's gone. Forget about it. Forget about it. It's Monday night and we're we're ready to fight the hot takes. Uh, positive vibes, though. Positive vibes. There's some. I mean, what, what was your highlight from, from that weekend of things? Um, I mean... Football was a mixed bag. Um, <laughs> my girls lost on Saturday. Oh. Then I won on Sunday morning. Way. And then Chelsea, you know, are oh, just Chelsea. So I, I, I've got to say, I've got to say my game, I guess, Sunday morning. That was, uh, <laughs> fair, that was my highlight. Fair bloody play. Fair bloody play. Um, oh, well, I've got, I, I ended Sunday on a positive. Uh, Tyler Lockett, walk-off touchdown. Seattle Seahawks, they walked into Detroit and walked back out with the W against the very promising Detroit Lions. It was a bloody good night of football on the uh, the American side of uh, football. But when it came to when it came to the Premier League, not, not so much. But um yeah, we'll touch on that in a bit. I mean, for now, we're gonna we're gonna hit the news that there wasn't a lot, but there's some news to cover from the weekend. Uh they, these are kind of quick catch-up pieces. I mean, Moises Caicedo, he arrived back from international duty with an injury, was not in the matchday squad against Bournemouth. He's expected to be back for our game against Villa. So that's something for him to look forward to. Uh, Pochettino denied stories about Chalaba being frozen out, saying he, of course, he's part of my plans. Yes, I am Chelsea. I am. Ch- I love that. I am Chelsea. I am the coach and his future is going to be involved in my plan. No one is going to decide for me. Uh, yeah, I did watch this press conference because I clearly had nothing else better to do my Saturday morning than spend it watching a, a press conference from the previous day. Um, but Poch, he got quite fiery about this topic. So, I mean, look, this complete nonsense of players being frozen out of the squad was was started by a certain Twitter account. And I think we all need to sort of stop believing, you know, everything we read in the internet. 76% of it is just made up nonsense. But I mean, from, from that, from that, well, I mean, what did you think of it, Chris? I mean, you know how I feel about these. Um, it annoys me. Accounts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it does annoy me. You're right. <laughs> um, but I do think the reason why I would say it's concerning is because there's been a lot of sort of stories and things that have happened where it doesn't seem like Poch and the board are completely on the same page mm. and that would be that would be my my worry I mean we had the whole Conor Gallagher thing where yeah. Poch clearly likes him and wants to use him but the board was still happy to accept 
offers for him provided someone met the valuation nobody did but if mm. they had um same with Matson. I think that's another yeah. one which I don't think Potts would have ideally wanted him to go. But we obviously accepted the bid from Burnley on the on deadline day, and then that still didn't happen mm. either. He asked for an experienced striker, and they gave him Cole Palmer, who's played like twelve <laughs> times. So it just that would be my worry because mm. we was to, we were sort of fed this story in the summer that. You know, they was all singing from the same hymn sheet and they really wanted to work together and put the proofs in the pudding and it and it, it doesn't seem like that is actually the case. They they are still willing to sell players who he wants to use. Mm. Mm. And they're not necessarily giving him the signings that he wants either. And that is a recipe for disaster in the long term if mm. performances and results don't come. If if you're winning, no one will no one will say anything. But we no. are not. No. And that's a problem. Yeah, exactly. Um, we'll 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 finish on. Well, there's two bits of extra bits of news, but Sporting Lisbon, as far as Ojogo have been told, there is no opening for negotiations with Chelsea. Doesn't mean that the Blues can't attack the shares held by other shareholders. Um, I mean, look, many dislike this concept of a multi-club model, but Manchester City are already utilising it to their advantage, and Chelsea have a choice: they either join in and profit, or turn away and suffer. Because I know, look, I completely understand why people detest this model. Totally understand. And to a point, I do agree. But unless FIFA issue a full scale ban on multi club models, it's not going to stop. It won't. No. I think Brighton it do won't. it as well with a Belgian club. I can't remember which one it is, though. But yeah. 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 I think the, um, I think the main issue comes from if you start buying big football clubs. And, and Lisbon are a the... very big club. Exactly. And I think that's where the problem you know, would potentially come in if yeah. you'd have the conflict if we ever was both in Europe at the same time and drew against each other. I don't know how that works, whether there's any sort of rules based around that. And I, I, I don't think people mind if you buy in a, you know, a sort of mid-table club in Belgium or like we have with Strasbourg in, in France. No, no one's really going to say anything. But when you start buying big European football clubs who are regularly in the Champions League, I think that's when you're going to draw a lot of attention to yourself. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For for total sure. I was just looking quickly, just Leipzig have obviously got huge clubs, but they've sort of built their model quite differently. Um, Everton's potential new owners, if it when it gets finalised, have got Herfa Berlin, Genoa, Standard Liège. Uh, it's just some of their examples. So they're pretty, pretty sizable clubs. And John Textor's got Leon, Botafogo and Crystal Palace. But again, it's very different when you're a Chelsea or an Arsenal or Manchester City, yeah. Manchester United, and you're buying up like one of the best clubs in Portugal. Yeah. Exactly. Um, finally, Fabrizio Romano sort of revealed like a magician on stage would show, you know, look, look at my, look at my rabbit out of a hat. Um, and he said that Ivan Tony will 100% be leaving Brentford in 2024. I'm hopeful this means clubs and not just moving house to, you know, go live in Miami. I, I'd, I'd love to do that one day, but you know, I mean, Apparently the talks aren't advanced yet with Chelsea, which kind of feels like a, eh, okay, so it's a nothing. But um, it's one to watch, he said. So I'm always like, oh, is there something there? I mean, he said that. I don't know. Is he the one to uh, so far goal scoring? No. Oh. <laughs> well, he, he, well, he's not, is he? No. I don't think I mean, anyone he's got, can. He's got, a good go- he's got a decent goal scoring record and I think he would be a good signing. 
but he's not he's not going to win you a Premier League. That, you know, mm. we we can go on the answer about it, but he's not. He's not that player. Who knows how he's going to be after having so long off as well? I mean, you're signing yeah. a player who wouldn't have kicked a ball for six months, mm-hmm. if not longer. Um, well, it does also. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it. He's probably not just playing also, PlayStation. I hope not. It does also <laughs> strike me as a bit strange, though, that Brentford are so keen to offload. I know, because you would have thought they would have done that before the ban. If they, they might not have a choice, though. But yeah, it's just it's, a, it's just a bit weird because when you look at it as well, to be almost admitting now that you don't want him, you're bringing his value down further because if you're mm. saying now, I mean, his value is already sort of, you know, on its ass because he, <laughs> he ain't playing. So that's a problem. Uh, I just, it, it, it's a bit weird. I just think it's a, and he could end up going anywhere, let's be honest. And would he come to us if, if we're mid-table in January anyway? Who knows? Uh, his contract ends in 2025, so you can see that it's their last. Well, they've got 18 months from January, so it's obviously kind of important for them to, you know, get that done. Yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Really. Um. Oh, I know it's that time, isn't it, for the match report? Sponsored by still no sponsor, still no goals. Chelsea obviously had to settle for a point on the south coast, despite they hit the woodwork twice. We uh, created several of good chances. Uh, that, that that was it. No more, no less. I mean, the list of losers from this game will be longer than the first day back to work after a holiday. I mean, I do have some winners because, you know, positivity and all that. Um, Do you? I've got one. (laughs) It might be the same as mine, but who's yours? Robert Sanchez. Yeah, I've got him as well. He's on my list Um, of two. Only player, I would say, who did his job to a reasonable standard. Yeah, he he made some save. It it was his best game for us. Yeah, it that's was, fair. Yeah, flowers for sure. And, and and you can't ask for much more than that. He he made saves when he had to make saves, mm, and yeah, he, he kept he kept us in the game. Yeah, especially during the set piece routine from from Bournemouth really early in the game. You know, our defense switched off. <laughs> just did. yeah, that, and thankfully, that was a really good save. Really, yeah, really Sanchez good save. ready made an outstanding save to stop a, an early goal. Um, yeah, like you said, he's it's his strongest performance today. And then he obviously continued to just sort of produce when needed and he did make some outstanding stops to preserve that clean sheet. So that is a positive. Few good few good catches on set pieces as well, which relieved the pressure mm, yeah. on corners. Yeah. yeah. Um my my other winner was the groundkeeping team, you know, for uh, for Bournemouth, just because they won't need to water that pitch for a good few days. <laughs> that rain. Yeah, they Wow. I mean, I said it in the group chat that they could call this game off. And then I was, I was quickly, yeah, I was quickly reminded this is the Premier League. We probably don't do that because it's a live game and, you know, you know, money and all that. But it was kind of like, ah, this is, this is lovely weather and uh, lovely. Uh, (laughs) There's your winners list. I mean, anyone else thinks, you know, listening, going, I've got some winners. Please tell us because we struggled. We struggled. If, if they have, I, I think people are overrating very basic things because <laughs> well, there's not a single other player on the pitch who did more than was like the absolute bare minimum that they should do. Like Conor Gallagher, for example, I think he, he had yeah. he, he had a reasonable game, mm-hmm, missed some chances, but looked threatening. But I wouldn't put him as a winner still because it was still an average performance. Mm. I mean, I... I praised in the group chat uh Mikhailo Mudrik he had a decent first half was he an overall winner from the game I would say it's very difficult to say so 
just because it, the second half wasn't um, wasn't the best. I'm trying to remember when he came off. I think it was very early. It was like, well, I think it was like 60th minute. So that's probably not 60 too minutes, early. I think. Yeah, yeah 62 early, minutes, but, something like that. I mean, losers. I've got I've got three. I mean, they're they're a bit out there, but I've got our summer transfer business because it's quite yes, in, it's quite definitely. impressive. It's quite impressive how underwhelming this Chelsea team is, considering how much has been spent on it. You know, you you just cannot watch this team and enjoy what you see. I, I've enjoyed trips to the dentist more than I've enjoyed watching Chelsea since we've spent all this money. I re- I, I have, and that that sucks. I mean, on that note, six victories in twenty twenty three across all competitions is. Awful form. It's it's eerily close to relegation form. And I love Chelsea. It is. It is I, relegation I, form. Yeah, it really well, is. Well, exactly. I mean, I love Chelsea, and I, but I, I'm starting to get a bit concerned. You know, we, we could be facing a situation, could, let me stress that word, where we're forced to play with an average squad for the greater part of a decade if we cannot grow the talent that we have brought together here. Yeah. Well, well yeah. Yeah. I was listening to Friday's show that I, that I missed and um, <laughs> when you was doing the review of that transfer article and they said that we had the worst transfer window. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm struggling to make a compelling argument against that. I think outgoings yeah. we did really well. I yeah. think our incomings, questionable. How you can spend the amount of money we have and end up with this squad oh. is actually, oh, yeah. bo- actually borderline embarrassing because <laughs> if you look at if you look at our team from this game um, and not not looking at their potential, looking at how they actually perform on the pitch, not what they could do or what they have done in the past, what how they're actually playing now and have been for a while, mm. I don't think there's a player on the pitch who's more than mid-table anyway. Enzo? And I, it, no. I don't, really? I, 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 what I don't understand about Enzo Fernandez, and he's got he's another one who he's getting a lot of praise for doing the absolute bare minimum. He's passing the football. He's a midfielder who's paid a ridiculous amount of money, by the way, to pass the ball. But he's not passing it. Enzo Fernandez is Jorginho who can run. <laughs> and everyone hate oh, and wow. everyone hated Jorginho. <laughs> Everyone hated Georgina, but against Bournemouth, not a single person can tell me a single good pass that Enzo Fernandez played. All his passes were simple, simple five-yard passes. That's all he does. You've caught me he's out not there. Getting goals. <laughs> he, he's not getting assists. All, all we heard forever was Enzo yeah, Fernandez he, he, is playing too deep. He needs to play high up the pitch to get the best out of him. He's playing high up the pitch. And now people are going, oh, he's playing too high. Now he needs to play deeper. Make I, your mind up. I mean, I love, uh, fair, I mean, I'll, I'll defend him here. It's hard to get an assist if no one can score a goal. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, is, that is true. But I mean, against Bournemouth, he didn't create a chance either. Uh, so uh. it's, uh, you know, you look for the rest of our team. You've got Robert Sanchez, average mm. goalkeeper. Malo Gusto finished mid-table in France. Thiago Silva's near retirement age. Um, De Sassi looks like a mid-table player, wouldn't look out of place at somewhere like Crystal Palace. Ooh. Levi Colwell, again, good prospect. But that, but I'm, I, that's all we ever talk about, is the our players having potential. But in three years' time, if it, if it takes them three years, if they keep playing like this for three years before they're good, we won't be in the Premier League. So mm-hmm. it won't be a problem because they won't be here. So yeah, you know, you, you, you look at the rest. Conor Gallagher again, 
would he look out of place at somewhere like Crystal Palace? No, he didn't. <laughs> Raheem uh, Sterling yeah. now looks like he, he he might do something. He might not. Mudrick yeah. looks like looks like someone who should be at Brighton or Brentford. You know, somewhere where you think, oh, he'd be a really good player in that team when he can have a few shit games. And mm. Nicholas Jackson, there's a reason why before the game they said in January he was on the verge of joining Bournemouth, and there's a, and and I can see why now because that is his level. He's not, he's mm. not of the quality that that a team like Chelsea need. And the the reality is, we have spent a ridiculous amount of money to assemble a squad that is no better than finishing tenth in the Premier League. I mean, uh, uh, this kind of segues perfectly to my... I've got a jokey loser, of course I have. But my other real loser was Fear Factor because I'll obviously I've got to explain this, but I don't see why anyone believed that fielding an under-23 team in the Premier League would be successful. You know, there's there's zero evidence of it working before this year. And I just sort of thought, what changes now? I mean... No real club would start so many young players with so little experience. I know the argument of Man United, that was they had a lot of experience as well in their yes, you they can't did. win anything with kids sort of thing. I mean, yeah. drop drop you can drop the hot take on this because I genuinely feel that we we could start getting used to these type of games as we're kind of playing like a mid table team. You know, you can make me read and some people have all the statistics you want, but the numbers on the board are truthful. We are where we are. Um where we should be and no one I don't think fears us like we go no. against Villa next week do, do Villa think oh Chelsea we're going to Stamford Bridge oh that's going to be tough I think they're thinking should get three points here yeah All right, that, well, I don't yeah. like saying that no but they will be because the only thing that's scary about us now is our name and mm-hmm. that, that is the only thing now why people still see getting a result against Chelsea as a big thing because of our name and our history. Because yeah. It's got absolutely nothing to do with now. I heard a statistic earlier. We haven't beat a team that was in the top 15 in the Premier League when we oh. played them for 594 days. Wow. Well, that's over. That's over I was just a, trying yeah. to think there. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, damn. It's like a year and a half, if yeah, not it's more. A long time. We haven't beat a team that was wow. inside the top 15 in the league. And people are still talking about we need to give everyone time. Mm. How much time do you give people before you start thinking, maybe we've just made a horrendous mistake? And, you know, Potch has got got to take some blame as well. He's another manager who's come in and changed nothing. We look exactly the same as we did before. Still create some chances. Still can't finish. Okay between the both boxes, but in both boxes, don't defend brilliantly, don't attack well. He's He was a breath of fresh air in pre-season and I don't know what's happened. And I know people, and I can hear them already, injuries, injuries, injuries. Which is fair it's to bring incong- up. In, in numbers, yeah. And if you look at the bench, definitely, because our bench yesterday was awful. Um, mm. And that is a problem because you can't really change a game. But at the same time, if you gave him every single player fit yesterday, of our injured players, it's probably only two that start. So it's not that many injuries when you think about it. When you look at it that way, I think it's only Reese James and Caicedo who come in. Mm. So, you know, Nkunku's the big one. 
But I can't really count him right now as a loss through injury because he hasn't played. So we don't know how he was going to be anyway. Let's do it in, in truth. He looks really good in preseason, but yeah. so did a lot of our players and they don't know. So, you know, Nkunku could have been the same. So I can't really count him. Same with Lavia. I can't really count them as injured players that were missing because we haven't seen them play. So of the ones who would definitely be in the team now, I think you're looking mm-hmm. at Reese James yes. and Caicedo. And that would be the only two. And you're but, telling me we can't beat Bournemouth without Reese James and Caicedo. That's I'd, not good enough. I'd put Nkunku in there, but obviously he hasn't had a Premier League game to sort yeah, of show. Exactly. But you, you, he was obviously our main focal point. I mean, just just I've, obviously I've said and revealed my hand on my final loser. Just just reel off your losers. Who have you got? Uh, well, I've got Nicholas Jackson. I wasn't think. a great showing, was it? Well, my issue with Jackson is he's sort of gone the same way as a lot of Chelsea strikers over the past few years. Started well and then continues to just fade. I think in the first few games, he was really good without getting the goal. Then he was really good against Luton and got the goal. And you thought this was going to kickstart. But one goal in five, it's not good enough. He might as well have took the number nine. It made, it's made no difference. <laughs> um, it's it, it, it's it's it, it's not good enough. It, and people can say, give him time all they like. But the reality is, is that when you're playing for a club like Chelsea, and I think this is what people forget sometimes, if you're if you're at a West Ham or a, a, a Brentford, a Crystal Palace, even a Brighton now, who are teams who, when they have a good season, it's always seen as an overachievement. So when you're a player and you go there, you are afforded time. You don't have to go there and hit the ground running. Obviously, mm. their fans would prefer that you do, and all fans would prefer that. But you can have these up and down games where you're good, then you're shit, then you're good for a couple, then you maybe have a couple of shit ones, and no one really says anything. Like, you look at West Ham's prime example, that Lucas Paqueta, he was a big money signing for West Ham. Oh, yeah. And he, he didn't really start very well. He was okay, but not brilliant. But no one really said anything, and West Ham fans weren't really getting on his back, and now he's become a good player for them, and that's what happens when you're at a Chelsea, a Man United, a Liverpool. You don't have time. It's come in and play well. Those are your choices, really. It's you haven't got time to be shit for ten games because we need results. It's 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 not a club where you can say because people. I've heard some people are on um, on TikTok and that today. Oh dear. <laughs> who are absolutely right, finishing outside the top six for Chelsea is a disaster. Mm. It's not a poor season. It's a disaster. Mm. So, and we look we look miles off the top six. Let's be honest. We look absolutely nowhere near. We look closer to the bottom six. So, the, people keep saying, give this team time. What am I waiting for? And how long oh. are we waiting how long yeah. are we waiting before we start thinking, no, this is going to be a problem? And people mm. saying that, you know, maybe we'll just go back to being a mid-table club and you just have to support them all the way. Well, then mm. I just think that's wrong because if if the fans start accepting that we're going back to mid-table, then that's exactly where we'll end up. Yeah, well, I think that's quite fair. Um, yeah. Hey, who else have you got on your losers list? Uh, I've got Mudrick on there. Oh, you doing me dirty here. 
I was so happy for him, and then you've just spoiled it for me. Yeah. <laughs> because first half, well, I'll say first half, first 20 minutes, he looked okay. Hmm. Um, linked up well with Jackson when Jackson hit the post. Yeah. Played another couple of dangerous balls into the box. But he he looks like he looks like a shadow of a footballer. I, I just mm. I understand the confidence thing. But normally you can see that come into play when if he was trying to beat a player or if it was in front of goal. Yeah. He had one where the ball was played into him on the halfway line and he took his his first touch was so heavy, it nearly passed it back to the person who gave it to him. and you think that's not a confidence problem because even even a a professional footballer without confidence can control the football they do it every day it's Mm. it's so natural to them that they should just be doing that and i really i i just i don't know where i don't know where we go from here with mudrick it's People keep thinking as well that when you're saying these things, you're almost wishing that players fail. I don't want any chance oh, no of players way. to fail. No I chance. prefer for all exactly. of them to be great because yeah. I want us to win stuff. Exactly. So yeah. it's not me wishing ill on Mudrick, but it's just looking at the harsh reality of it that he doesn't look anywhere near the level of a Premier League footballer. And it, it, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. You're sort of doing the whole eyesight test, what you are reviewing, what you are seeing from your point of view. And it's yeah. not, yeah, it, it's as simple as that. And I totally understand that because, you know, we all want them to do well, but if they're not playing well and they're making mistakes, it's, it is our duty to sort of put that and out the there. One and thing say, I oh, will you know. say though, in, 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 I don't agree with match going fans or people on social media who are doing it directly to them either, abusing the players. Because oh, you are getting nothing out of that. I, I, I don't understand. You. I can I can criticise Mudrick. I'm not doing it to his face. And if I was in the stadium, I wouldn't be booing him when he got the ball. It's mm. the same way. I, I wouldn't be booing Chilwell when he come over at the end. Oh, either what was to, that? To what was that fans. about? I don't. I. What are you achieving there then? Because yeah, what, you, just, you yeah. think that's going to get a tune out of him next game? He's going to think, oh yeah, I really want to play for those fans who've been slagging me off and all. Yeah, minutes. exactly. It's going to cause the complete opposite effect. I mean, exactly. I put I put this down as a joke, and I put the seventh of December was a loser just because you got to mark the date. It is John Terry's birthday, but we're not marking it because of that. It's because that day is at time recorded until Sky Sports change it. Uh, Chelsea versus United, and it could be the El Sakiko, couldn't it, of the season? Yeah, um, ironic, ironic because that day is also the National Day of Joy. Yeah, there you go. I mean, it, I mean, it oh, won't be for one of us. <laughs> no, no, it won't be. I yeah, it's a bit of a concern. Um, I mean, the emoji game review we touch on. I mean, we got we got to pick one. I mean, I picked rain cloud just because I saw physical clouds in the sky pouring down misery, and I saw <laughs> the same metaphorical clouds above the Chelsea players too. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with the skull. Because I am starting to get genuinely concerned that the day Abramovich left, our football club died. Oh, I, I've I've read that. You're not the uh, first person I've heard that from. I've I've read it, but not you know. Yeah. Uh oh. Line of the week. We'll go through them. Um, Berfad Enzo. Well, I can't pick that with Chris in the room. He won't let me. Uh, I <laughs> okay. had Malo Gusto. 
I certainly not can't a pin bad that. shout. It was not reasonable. a bad shout though. He um, he was again one of the better ones of a shit bunch. Yeah, Ollie had Cole Will. No. Mm, okay. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Ollie. <laughs> no, you you weren't you weren't here. Uh, I mean, this I've got to go. Look, it is on Monday. You know, we haven't had one of these in a, quite a while, but we've got the um, the Del Horno hot take. And I'll hit the drop because this one could be could be a bit warm. It could be completely cold. But I wanted to just put this out there. So it's a bit of a hot take. It's 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 burning my hands. But there the, the were boos at full time that we've just touched on. And, and some have questioned Pochettino at Chelsea. <laughs> uh, look, and they've also questioned if he will last the season. That, I heard that on a few podcasts today. And, and for me, I'd say this. No pressure on Potter at all. Just hear me out with this. I mean, I'd say the owners are under pressure at the moment. I mean, you could you could hand this squad, I feel, to a prime Sir Alex Ferguson and it would still have that accuracy in front of goal like a stormtrooper would. You know, it, it, we've invested one billion in the squad. That doesn't mean that's good ownership if you've invested all that money. You know, United invest big sums of money, big wages, and, and their kitchen is still producing subpar meals for their customers. And you know, you, you hear that from their fans. Now that the ownership have done good things, they have. They've reduced the wage bill down. They've moved on players that were just not working and they've got good fees in return. However, they also seem to have fixed issues that were not broken. You know, we saw the huge turnover of staff in the coaching department, medical, the boardroom, scouting. For me, I felt that was far too much too soon. I, You know, it, this doesn't work how football manager works. You know, you have to take... Not a slow pace, but a respectable pace. It can't just be all in one go, you know, because I look at, oh gosh, I look at our squad and yes, they've brought the age of the squad down, but I then think at, at what cost? I mean, we've got the experienced side, like the, the experienced heads in our squad. And that, I mean, like Premier League experience, you know, we've already addressed on this show how when it is the age, uh, only Chilwell, Sterling, Bettinelli and Thiago Silva over 26. It, it, it's... It could be a very expensive failure. Hopefully not, but I'm sort of thinking you've got to at some point start to question their decision-making before always going, oh, sack the manager. Because it didn't work under Tuckle, didn't work under Potter, didn't work under Lampard. It's mixed at the moment with Pochettino, but I don't know. I don't know how you feel. No, I agree. Um, I think I think Poch has been dealt a a shit hand uh, he's been given an average squad and he's getting average results so and that is exactly what I would expect I mean you look at our goal scoring issue and everyone keeps talking about it you know we had it under Tuchel we had it under Potter we've got it under Potch Lampard was the same when he came in for that god awful ill-fated spell yeah. um, we're exactly the same as Wolves Wolves oh, for three Wolves for three years haven't been able to score enough goals. And everyone has said that that is their problem. And they have kept signing average attackers. And then keep asking the question, why can't we score goals? Well, I can tell you. Because you haven't got players who are good enough for the level they're playing at. And that is exactly what we've done. We, have, we haven't improved our front line with proven attacking players who have good output. We've got this ridiculous policy now of only signing people under 25. Um, 
And that is that's a purely business model, by the way. That's only because they want to sign players who are going to increase in value. They don't want to sign players who are going to decrease. If you sign someone who's 28, their value is only going to go down, realistically. So mm-hmm. that 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 comes from a purely financial. That's not thinking about anything. I think the worst I think the worst mistake the ownership have made, and you've just reeled off a, a fair few there, which are more than fair, but I think the biggest one that they, this ownership have made since they came in is they dropped the standard. Oh. Abramovich is I like that. For for everything bad that Abramovich did, and you know, let's not pretend he was the perfect owner either, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. You know, he his under his ownership, we we made some horrendous mistakes as well, especially similarly in recruitment. But the one thing you can never say about Abramovich was his standard from when he came into to Chelsea and completely changed the football club. By the way, from where yeah. we were, was you win now, mm-hmm. and we worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah, and now it's we've got to wait. We've got to wait yeah. three years. In three years' time, we'll be successful. But time is no guarantee of success. Hmm. And there hasn't been many clubs where that has actually turned out to be true. Man United fans under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer for two years kept saying, give him time. Back the manager. Give the players time. He's going to develop and Ollie's going to get better and this team's only going to get better. And then two years later, they went, no, no, he's not. He's shit. Let's get rid of him. <laughs> and... And they've they've similarly done the same with Ten Hag, and that will change this season when yeah. they realise that their players aren't good enough, and their manager isn't good enough, and they'll be calling for him to be sacked because patience. And I, I'm pretty sure I said this in the group yesterday that I can be patient if you can see there's a foundation to build on, if you can mm. see the positives, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. But there's no positives. We're not playing well. We're not mm-hmm. picking up results. We're still not scoring goals. We still look like the same team from three years ago who have the same problems. So mm. what am I waiting for? Yeah. Why I... is it going to change? There is no one who can make a compelling argument for why it's going to get better, except for these players are young. So when they get older, they'll be better. That's not always the case. Look how good players like Jesse Lingard was when he was young and Deli Alley. As they <laughs> got older, did they get better? No, they got worse. Yeah, I know so what you mean. My, my issue is is that this ownership don't seem to know how to build a successful team in such a competitive league. Hmm. All right, so we move to questions. Uh, we've got two, two good questions as well. Uh, Keith has asked us, how do we spend a billion dollars and fail to get a top of the line number nine? Um, my, my, I've got a quick one for that. I mean, we just got so scared of the number nine shirt that we just well, we're not going to purchase a number nine ever. Like, d- no, no, we're not doing that. You know, we don't have to give them the shirt. It doesn't matter. We're just not going to purchase one. I mean, is that a failure in scouting? I mean, what is it, Chris? I think it's down to probably down to the fact that there wasn't a top class forward mm. avail- available who's under 25. You're really narrowing your market, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, 25 not, seems to be the key word, isn't it? Not many strikers are top class under 25 anyway. You know, I can, I, I, I think, uh, I think Ossiman is under 25. I Mbappe. think maybe Vlaovic, Vlaovic at uh, Juventus might be under 25 as well. But that's, but I mean, that's about your lot. 
uh, you know, it's mm. it's a very narrow market that. And when you're looking at, you know, Osserman was going to be 150 million and Vlaovic didn't want to come. All of a sudden, we haven't got anyone to sign. You, mm. I, I don't understand why we've got a policy where a player's age is even taken into account. I just don't understand. They're either good enough for the team or they're not. I don't care. Well, we would never are. have, with that attitude, we would have never signed Olivier Giroud. And he has been arguably one of our better strikers for the past decade. Ed- Exactly. I mean, just think, oh, he's Atletico Madrid. Go, oh, wow, that's good memories, that is. That's a nostalgia vibe already, and it's only a few years old. Yeah. Um, uh, to be fair, this kind of goes perfectly into the next question, which is from Jacob's Fishing, and they've asked, in the next transfer window, do we go for Ivan Tony if Jackson doesn't work out? I mean, it's a fair shout. We have touched on him earlier, but I kind of feel there might be no option. But to do that, I mean, we need a Premier League goal scorer. And right now, you just touched on it. That pool of talent is looking, it's always looking like the toy section on Christmas Eve. You know, they enter a lot of choice and you're going to end up paying whatever it takes to make sure you leave that store of a present. And we need a forward. We need a number nine. I, I, you just listed two players that I can't see as purchasing. Vlajevic, obviously, we're told didn't want to come. Ozzyman, I feel he'll, I could see him going to, Real Madrid or Barca <laughs> just yeah. because that seems to be the that seems to be the world-class striker pathway and I'm thinking Lewandowski is going to be getting older for Barca and you can see Real Madrid thinking hmm, imagine a, a, the, the three players in our squad if we've got Bellingham Mbappe and uh, Osman I could see that as well but yeah I, I just I can't think of another forward that we could sign other than Tony I couldn't no but there's there, there really isn't one. It's just another case of, I think Tony would be an improvement on on Jackson. Mm. I think he's a better player. He's a better all round player, definitely. Um, mm. I think he'd get more goals, so he's an improvement. Mm. He's still not of the level that we need, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But isn't he over twenty five? Who? Oh yeah, he's twenty seven. He's twenty seven. Uh, yeah, we're not. We're not signing him then. So <laughs> you're right. Might, you're as well, right. might as well get rid of them rumours right I mean, away because that doesn't I, make any sense. Right. I've looked at the top 10 goal scorers of 2023. This was at the time in September. Well, it is September. Yeah. 17th. Oh, that was yesterday. Sweet. I'll shut up now. Uh, so, yeah, it's up to date. We've got Erling Haaland. Well, we're not signing him. We've no. got Kylian Mbappe. We're definitely we're not signing, signing him. him. Mario Accardi. I can't see that happening because... I don't know how old he is, but he's probably over the policy of uh, 25. Let me just check. He's yeah, just he's got, to be, got to be in his 30s. He's 30. He's 30. Yeah. Uh, Lataro Martinez possibly might sign him. I could see that being happening. Yeah, I could. Yeah, that's, that's not possible. a terrible one either, to be honest. You said Victor Osman. A player in the next one. I like this one, but I don't know what we do. Uh, Santiago Jimenez from Feyenoord. But again, Dutch league. You have you do have to be careful. You for every Suarez, there's an Alfonso Alves. <laughs> so. Aside from aside from Suarez, in the mm. last ten years, as have a Premier League team signed someone from Holland who turned out to be good? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to answer that because I feel like I'm going to end up with egg on my face because I can't think of a player off the top no, of my head. No, because I, I can't even... I mean, there might be one. I'm not saying there isn't. I just can't think of one. I mean, you've got Anthony at Man United being dog shit. Um, we signed Ziyech, you know, less said about that, the better. Yeah, I can't yeah. really think of anyone else no. who's come out of Holland and done well. 
I was I was just getting really confident. I just typed in uh, successful Dutch signings to the Premier League, and for some reason, it's come up with Johan Cruyff, and he didn't play in the <laughs> Premier League. So I was like, no. okay. And then the next is Edgar Davids, which he played for Crystal Palace during um, not in the back end of his career. The final yeah. four players on this list: two are definitely not joining. One's Harry Kane, uh, Karen Benzema. <laughs> He's definitely over twenty-five. Um, Lacazette. Uh, that's not going to probably wow. happen. And my yeah. favourite is a player that's, uh, he he could be a good signing, couldn't he? I mean, he's uh, 33 and it's Luke de Jong, the former Newcastle forward. Oh my God. <laughs> but again, he was obviously scored 22 goals for PSV last season. Well, this year or whatever. But that's what I mean with, mm. it's, uh, let's face it, top class strikers is a narrow market in itself. Yeah. If they have included in the policy if they can't be over 25, you've basically shot yourself in the foot. You're basically saying we can't yeah. sign anyone because you're not yeah. going to get one. Yeah. You know, I think I think probably Lautaro Martinez is the best one Realistic, on that yeah. list who is under 25, who could come in and get goals. But even if we signed him, I wouldn't I wouldn't put my I wouldn't put my house on on mm. him being a success either. It's I just think. Drop that policy, which I mean, I think they might have to, if depending on where we are in the table, come then. Um, yeah. Drop that policy and just ask the question, the very simple question of, is he good enough for us? Because if he's good mm. enough for us, then sign him. I don't care how yeah. old he is. Yeah. I I just found something quite interesting about Luke de Jong. Um, he went, he went on loan to Barcelona at some point. I have no memory of that. I don't remember that either. I, I remember I don't him think at... Barcelona fans do either. <laughs> I remember him. At, <laughs> I remember him at Gladbach. I remember him at Newcastle on loan. I obviously yeah. remember him at PSV and Sevilla. I don't remember the Barcelona move. Wow, I'll have to look at that. He scored six goals apparently, so that's something. Oh, I'll have wow. to look into that. Oh, it says he was substituted for Philippe Coutinho. Wow, that's a very era of Barca, uh, isn't it? A long time ago. Wow. <laughs> Oh man! Um, with that, I uh, thank you for listening to this episode. We're we're getting there. Treat yourself well, listeners. We'll be back on Friday to talk through. There's going to be some news. We could even laugh at United if they lose their open Champions League game against um, oh Bayern Munich. Uh, and obviously then we're going to preview our game against Aston Villa. So yeah, till then, that is going to be us signing off. You've been listening to At the Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching for At the Bridge Pod. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, leaving us a review is always appreciated.